What's crackalackin' everybody? Mighty smart guy Matt Cipolla here. Hey, Lindsay here from Dallas, Texas, and back in the studio once again for our weekly Wednesday live right here in the studio. Joining me with my with my uh, co-host today is Milton Alvarez. Well, I just noticed that you got a you got a sling on. Yeah, we'll talk about it. You got once, a sling. Once we get to our first so you got subject. a messed up arm. Yeah. And I got a messed up back. I got a good video to show what it is too. Okay, so we're going to yeah. be uh, uh, discussing our ailments <laughs> for the week. His shoulder, yeah. my lower back. Well, I'm going to be showing my lower back, but we'll discuss my lower back. Um, uh, some interesting topics here this week we're going to be cover. Um, right now, the Wall Street Journal says it's a bad time to spend money. What do they mean? Um, Arik Armstead reveals his NFL game check, and he's breaking down his NFL game check. The guy's getting paid millions of dollars to play at NFL. If you're ever curious to see how an NFL athlete gets paid and what they actually take home, you'll be shocked to see what, well, you'll be shocked to see what they take home or not take home. Uh, how the cost of buying a home will forever change. There was a landmark class action lawsuit against the National Association of Realtors, which might be put, are home buyers in a favorable position. But for those of you in the real estate community, selling homes, selling real estate, this might just begin the downward trend of how many buyers agents actually get paid. Uh, we're gonna be talking about it. Douglas Elliman was on the, uh, I believe it was NBC, uh, covering it too as well, about how much this is going to potentially drastically change how people in real estate get paid as real estate professionals. And you got some topics on your end, though, Milton. It's 100%, man. Uh, for any entrepreneur out there who's actually been reaching out to me these last couple of weeks and asking if Matt and I can discuss a couple of topics that could potentially help them uh, progress in, in their business for people who are considering even getting into business, uh, here are a couple of topics. For example, n number one is how posture can have a massive influence over the way uh, you speak and the energy that you have whenever you're presenting before a, a big crowd. And, you know, what's a body, body language technique that you can implement into, ah, in, into your speeches? Okay. Um, as easy as just a couple seconds, a couple movements that you can do in your body. We got we got men asking that question? We have men asking that really? question. How no. to present yourself physically. It's good, good. Uh, second thing we're doing is how to decipher between genuine people and snakes in business. You know, wow. why do we lose people in business? And what is it that we need to look out for before we actually get yeah. stabbed in the back. And man, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you can attest to that oh, very, yeah. very heavily. Lots of spears um, and swords in his back. Yep, entrepreneurs, sure. business people, or just anyone, how can asking the right questions help you gain clarity um, and bring you direction, whether it's in your personal life and also in, in your business life. Being able to ignore the doubters and being able to stick to the plan whenever you set yourself out to do something and knowing that you're not the only one going through the trenches whenever you're trying to build something for yourself and your family. And the biggest one for me is the health and fitness on how to rehab an injury and definitely <laughs> the importance of recovery. Hey, I love it, man. I love it. Very cool. By the way, um, before we get started, I just want to say thank you to everybody on Facebook, on Instagram, and social media. All my friends and family flew down to Dallas, Texas to celebrate mm -hmm. my birthday this past Saturday. So my birthday was actually last Tuesday, which is Halloween, but we celebrated it on November 4th. But I, well, looking back, I think in retrospect, I think it's money smart to do that. You know, for some reason, I don't know why, but uh, on my birthday, everybody decides to dress up in Halloweens and hand out candy. But mm. uh, but uh, uh, I figured out, but we, us doing my birthday party, I, I, by the way, I haven't celebrated my birthday since I was 30. Oh, wow. So this is 20 years. 20 years, we really not, I never had a party until 30 years old. Well, 50 is kind of a big deal. You know, yeah. you're golden, baby. You know, so yeah. turning 50 years old. So thank you. And I, I, uh, I have a video here that kind of uh, highlights uh, what happened that night. So Jordan, if we can play that video.
They're roasting me. Have you made a million dollars experience it was fun too man what was your what was your what was your takeaway from uh from from being there having having your partner here 50 years old 20 years of friendships you've come a long number a couple things he's come a long way he's had massive amounts of influence over the people who are there the people who are there if it wasn't for matt whether he was having a good day or a bad day but he was setting the the, the right he was setting this, the path for these people if it wasn't for who this man is, and if it wasn't for the things for, for the things that he had to encounter in his early twenties, mid twenties, late twenties, even early thirties in business or in his personal life, half of those people there wouldn't be where they're at today. Hmm. And hmm. I'm not saying it's directly wow. Matt because it's God working through Matt, but because of Matt and the sacrifices that this man made for his kids, for his family, for his friends, for the people that he's in business with, a lot of the people there right now wouldn't be living the lives that they're living. So. Everyone there, man, was definitely very appreciative of, of who you are, what you've done up to this point. And I can, I can almost assure you that everyone there is extremely excited to see what the next 50 years hold for you, man. Crazy, bro. Crazy. I appreciate your observation, your assessment. And the thing is, a lot of people haven't been enjoying, you know, the fruit of what I've been doing until maybe the, the last, I don't know, five, eight years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been at this since I was 25. Yeah. So I think, you know, my message to a lot of people that's watching, a lot of men that's watching this is when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're just figuring out how to really just make money. You're figuring out your industry, you're figuring out what, what market uh, place that you want to serve, or you want to serve this marketplace, this marketplace within inside your niche. Uh, you you got to figure out what skills that you need to obtain. You need to figure out what type of relationships is going to get you there towards, you know, kind of like what you're asking earlier, some of the young men, what, what type of people do you need to surround yourself with? Mm -hmm. You need to find out, Sometimes in your haste and desire to get to the level of success faster, you know, you end up cutting corners. I cut corners, uh, thinking that I can get to a level of success faster. And next thing you know, once I learn how to cut corners, I learn also that bad things happen when that happens. And yeah. I have to trust the process. And we talk about here in Proverbs that, you know, uh, the get rich quick schemes always, I, I was, you know, exposed to that very easily because I was in a very desperate position myself, single father, three kids. But I learned over time not to jump on get rich quick seams. I and mean, I just stayed focused in one industry now going on 25 years. Next year I'll be able to say I've been in the insurance industry for 25 years. But really my success really has really unfolded to really benefit a lot of people in the last eight, so my 40s. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're you know out there and you're frustrated, I can't take it my family in my 20s and 30s. Well, that's part of the process, man. It, it sucks. 
But I wish I could tell you, you can accelerate. That. You know, there's a reason why you're not in a financial business in your 20 and 30s because you weren't born into a rich family. Yeah. And if you want to obtain financial freedom, financial success, especially during these times of day, stay focused on it, one thing. And we'll, we'll get into that uh, you know, in a minute. But but I appreciate you being there, man. That was a good time. You know, this, this whole journey uh, that we, we've, we, we've, uh, we've gone through so far. And, and I hope from your perspective, bro, you can see the benefit of blessing other people by staying consistent, staying committed, uh, to staying, you know, to, to honor your, your calling. Yeah. You know, I, I hope you saw the, the benefit of that because you're in a prime position to achieve what I've achieved on my 50th birthday at your 45th birthday, at your, your, your 35th to 40th birthday. God willing. Somewhere in there. God willing. Yeah, because the thing is, I took my entire 30s mm-hmm. to repay the mistakes of my 20s. You don't have the problems that I have. Thank God, because you, you've learned to listen. You've learned to, 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 to bend your ear toward leadership. Not me. That was my problem in my 20s. And so that's my prayer to, for many 20s and 30s out there, that you bend your ear towards leadership and wisdom, and uh, you feed the right brain up here, the right head, the right head, the, the, the right head <laughs> up here. So uh, when we get into some topics, man, um, speaking of money, right now, according to the Wall Street Journal, it is a bad time to spend money. Let's take a look at this article, uh, if we could, please. Um, right now is a bad time to spend money. With prices and interest rates high, this is a moment to focus on saving. So it's interesting here. I was just, uh, uh, I was dealing with a friend of mine, um, a very successful entrepreneur, and uh, they they sell a product during good times that a lot of people would buy, mm. okay? Um, I remember during COVID, um, when people took their stimulus checks, and they'll go down to Michigan Avenue, and they buy Gucci, they buy, you know, Louis, they buy, you know, the, the whole thing. Well, the smarter people, the wiser people, were saving their money. So when I see this article now, and now they're telling people to save, wrong timing. This is now the time to invest in things, not necessarily save things. But what do we do? What is, what is America getting us programmed to? They're calling you a consumer. And every time you hear any of that in the media, the consumer spending, uh, Black Friday, consumers, whatever, however they call us in America as consumers, I would hope that you revolt against that type of labeling that you are a consumer. I would hope that you become a producer, a creator, a generator, not just a consumer. Life gives to the givers, takes from the takers, and has a very accurate accounting system. And right now, Wall Street Journal says, hey, bad time to spend. Lots of things are going bad. Price remain high for much of what, what we buy, even if even as inflation has slowed. Stingily saving money, meanwhile, is a more profitable activity than it has been in recent memory. Since the Federal Reserve raised interest rates to a two-decade high, any dollars spent today is a lost opportunity to earn as much as 5% or more in savings. Why? Because I don't know if you've noticed this, but savings rates are, are higher. Any, anytime the interest rates rise, savings rates, bond rates, anything that are tied to those things increase. The flip side, though, is the same thing, too, with borrowing rates. So you're borrowing at a higher interest rate, you're loaning at a higher interest rate, and you're paying more for borrowing money. But you are being compensated also for saving more money. But uh, it, you know, five percent doesn't really excite anybody. High rates also make it significantly more expensive for people to spend money they don't have, with the annual interest rate on the same credit cards pushing thirty percent. So, large part about getting ahead in the money game, to be money smart, to being part of the seven figure squad, is going opposite what people are telling you to do. Have you ever experienced that in your life where I decided to go out and do an opposite decision with my money, with my career, with my business, even though everybody else was going in this direction? 100%, because right now, a lot of my, it's currently happening right now, a lot of my friends right now are finally graduating college, they have their doctorates or PhD, some of them are getting raises in their, in, in their jobs. 
they finally crossed over six figures. So I'm doing a little bit better than that. And now they're, they have the money instead of paying off their debt, instead of investing into their future, their families, they're splurging vacations mm -hmm. every weekend, buying, buying them luxurious jewelry, Rolexes. And I ask them like, so, you know, what, 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 what else are you doing with your money? Mm -hmm. No, bro. Like right now, bro, I, I just graduated. I'm making all the money that I, that I've ever, I've, I'm making more money than I've ever made before, more yeah. money than both of my parents are making. I'm going to enjoy the living hell out of this. And although they're making almost close to a quarter million dollars a year, they're still struggling to pay their bills. Mm -hmm. And yet they have absolutely zero savings. They have no backup plan. If they were to die, they admit it. Like, yeah, man, I'm making close to a quarter million dollars, but I have absolutely no life insurance. I have no savings. So if I were to pass away, my family will be the one having to take care of it. And I, don't th yeah. I think that's a very selfish thing, man. Yeah. Very, very selfish thing. But let me ask you a question. Um, you're, you're 21 years old, 22 years old, or mid twenties, you graduated college or if not, you have a, a decent career or you have a business for yourself. Let's, let's say that's the case. At, during this time of age, during this time of the, our economy, everything's going on worldwide. If you have an extra three, $400 to spare, just hanging out, if you were to uh, save your money, not go out and eat and pop bottles every weekend, in your position that you know now, with the knowledge that you have, what would you be doing with an extra three, $400 a month? I'd be marketing, bro. I'd be spending money on marketing. Yeah. I'd be spending my money on improving, increasing my skill set because marketing leads to sales. Yeah. So I want to increase my ability to market, to get my, my brand out there, to get noticed, to mm. people to stumble across my brand, my business, my my message. And then I need to improve, improve my skill set. So therefore, when they do come in the door or they send me a DM, I know actually how to close them. So that's what I'd be for another three, 400 bucks extra month. That's what I'd be doing. The greatest investment in you. That's how you invest in you. Yeah is marketing, branding, sales skills. Of course, you want to, whatever money you bring in, you also want to start capitalizing, you want to save. So in other words, if you're profiting and your your net profit is X, right? Uh, smartly carve out a piece of that money for for reinvesting back into you and, and growing the business, but also yeah. you want to capitalize yourself too as well. Remember, I'm, I'm part of an exit with PHP Agency or Patrick, but David started PHP in 2009 with $500,000 in savings in his life insurance policy. So PHP started with a $500,000 basically capital investment of PB saving for, for seven years from 2002 to 2009 when he was at a former company called Transamerica World Financial Group. For those seven years though, he made money, but also saved a lot of money. Made money, but saved a lot of money. Sure, he marketed, sure he's brought, uh, he bought a, uh, a Ford uh, Expedition, so he bought some things that look good to, to, to show market, that's part of marketing, yeah. right? But he also saved a lot of money. And so when push came to, sho push came to shove, of, of course he writes in his book, the next five moves, he says, I never wanna start in a company, but his company was not gonna give me ownership if I was gonna grow it, so why, why grow it here if not gonna give me ownership, I have to be being here for seven years and I'm gonna be taken over, in his mind, I'm gonna be taking this puppy over, but not gonna give me ownership. They give these four or five guys ownership, but mm -hmm. why not me? So he never wanted to start PHP. So he did start PHP. And guess what? Because he saved, he was able to start and found a company and and and, and what, 2013, 14 years later, has a multiple nine-figure exit because of savings. So for those of you out there, back back to that point. You want to be able to save, capitalize, and reinvest back into yourself. So for the people who are listening, we're like, all right, that's great, awesome. But Matt, I'm not a business guy, I'm not a businesswoman. I, I love my nine to five. I, I like working from eight to, you know, nine to five, coming home, being with my family. The whole business thing isn't for me, but I do have extra cash to do something with. In my position, what, what, what would the advice be that you would give someone like that? Yeah, I mean, if your company has a, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm in favor also of 401ks. If you have a 401k, if they're matching, take advantage of the match. I'm also in favor of two major things outside of a company uh, plan, which is two things. Number one, Roth IRAs, 
But here's the problem with Roth IRAs. If you plan to make a lot of money, if you're listening to Seven Figure Squad and you plan to make a lot of money, eventually you'll be called phased out of the ability to contribute to Roth IRA plans. Because in a Roth IRA plan, if you make too much money, they don't allow you to contribute to a Roth IRA plan. And the benefit of contributing to a Roth IRA plan is because you can grow your money tax-free and be able to withdraw that money tax-free. But if you are part of the Seven Figure Squad, if you are part of the $250,000 income squad, $500,000 income squad, Seven Figure Squad, you'll be phased out of ever contributing to a Roth IRA. The, uh, the next alternative to that is a life insurance retirement plan, which is funded either by universal life policy, a whole life policy, or index universal life policy. I prefer for myself index universal life policies because it gives you upside potential with the S&P 500 when it grows up to a certain cap. However, on the downside, 0% floor. So in other words, I can get never less than 0% minus uh, um, uh, policy cost fees and expenses for having life insurance. But based on the market, I'll never lose because there's something going on in China, something going on in Russia, something mm. going on in Europe, something going on in America. I'll never lose the capital I put in nor the previous gains I've had credited into my policy. So those are a few things. Happy belated birthday, Matthew. To your, um, in the comment section, people are Oh, really? Happy belated birthday. I appreciate you guys. Very good. I th thank you so much. Uh, um, we, we, matter of fact, we got to do, do a giveaway because yeah. I am launching a new book. So, so um, maybe the, mo the, per the person, if you watch this to the end of the uh, podcast, maybe do a contest, uh, three or four or five people. If you're constantly, frequently commenting and engaging in this podcast and you drop comments also on the actual video, just not in the live chat. Uh, we're launching a new book here called Gotcha. Let me show it right here. We're launching a new book here called Gotcha. I'm going to be in Chicago on the 21st of November. Uh, this will be on Amazon, I believe, next week. So, oh, yeah. But right now, the, the book is fresh off, literally fresh off the presses. But Gotcha is a book that I've written uh, because people ask me, Matt, when you talk in front of crowds, when you talk in front of workshops, when you get, get invited to speak to companies, and you want to, talk, you want to talk about the concept of money in terms of what to do with your finances, mm -hmm. um, that's my conversation. How to avoid the five gotchas of money, which is basically avoiding the financial pitfalls that keep people from being financially free. It's basically a money smart GPS to keep you away from the bad paths because the financial journey for a lot of people, it's a journey. It's, it's got left, got right, obstacles, uh, left, right, storms, left, right. So that's what life is all about. Two people that, that has the same career, that has same income, that eventually has the same family, they'll not end up at the end of the finish line the same way. Some may be later, some might be sooner, some may be richer, some may be broker because of the five pitfalls. And that's what I outlined here in this book. So in, in, in the midst of writing these two books, man, um, there's a video that I want to show that uh, is called Ignore the Doubters and Be Never Stick to the Plan. And after we watch this video, I want, I want to get your in, insight if you agree to what this man's saying. But I can only imagine the amount of resistance you got when it came down to trying to come up with the topics, the ideas behind writing these two books. And not only that, but because these two books are written by a man of faith, by a man mm -hmm. who does believe in God, who believes in a higher power, the amount of attacks that you might have received during the time that you were in the midst of writing these books that are going to change many people's lives. Yeah. So um, if we can pull up that video, man, that'd be. You know what they have? They are so sold. Well, number one, I was sold that we were gonna go somewhere with this. You can look, I'm wearing a gold tie, right? Obviously, I wasn't for sure what business looked like. I call it like imposter syndrome, right? Like I knew I didn't want to be me anymore. I wanted to change. We had no followers at this time. And 
I'm about to talk about being sold. Everybody made fun of me, like everybody. It didn't, it didn't tear me off path because I was sold. I want you to look in the difference between this guy and this guy now. I want you to know whenever I coach you guys and I push you, you guys can do this way faster than me because I didn't have a coach. So for, for the people watching this, you have a guy here who's been through the trenches, especially for, for those of you who are in the financial industry or even in the, in the life insurance industry. This man has been through the trenches for what, 25 years? Yeah. 20, 25 years. And you have a man here who on a weekly basis spends time after time creating content that's going to add value to you guys. And the biggest thing above all things in any business is what problems as a business owner am I solving, whether it's product-based or service-based. And the content that this man provides that, that this man provides is content that's going to be not, not just add value to you, but also solve a greater problem that you may have in your personal and also in your business life. And, and these two books, the two books that he has, Faith Made Millionaire and Gotcha, these are the books that are going to help you go down the correct path and even guide you, as he says, the, the, what is it, goals, principles, and strategies, the GPS yeah, of, that's right. of, of your you finances, go, yeah, that you. will be able to lead you down the right path if you have any questions on these specific topics. But Matt, in the midst of writing these, I, I mean, when you were 20 years old, did you know that you're going to be having two strong books on Amazon uh, by the time you hit 50? No, zero, zero clue. Zero clue. Matter of fact, real quick, Jordan, if you can look at my screen here, yeah. I'm going to one of my oldest videos on my YouTube YouTube cha channel. 15 years ago. This is 15 years. This is from 15 years ago. One of my first marketing videos from 15 years ago. I mean, we're not going to play any audio, but it's <laughs> yeah, that, that's me trying to do my best. I'm reading off a teleprompter. Uh, can't even grow a full beard yet. Still haven't been able to still grow a full beard. Um, how many, 50, how old is I 15 years ago? So that's uh, what, 35 years ago, 34, 35. 30, 35, 34 years old, you know? But uh, I, I, was, I was just taking what I learned from my coaches. I, I just attempted to execute. You know, this is, uh, this is, me, this is me during, um, uh, during uh, the 08, 09 um, Great Recession. I'm on a radio show in Chicago talking about risk money versus safe money. I was talking about index universal life, index annuities, the same way I'm talking about right now. And the, the crazy part about this, I've been through one recession, the dot-com bubble. Mm. We're just currently going through the 07, 08, 09, great recession, 07, 08. And the guy sitting across me is a lawyer, and the guy on the, on the top of the table is a real estate investor. And they're laughing at me because I'm talking about life insurance. What do you mean life insurance? What do you mean annuities? Right, and so the, these were the guys that were laughing at me in the whole process of me going opposite, you know. And um, uh, uh, me, me, this is my first. This is my first media appearance in, on on TV WGN. in Chicago, WGN in Chicago. Uh, this is during the 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 beginning of, of the drop in the market. And so, when was this? This is uh, yeah, this is uh, fifteen years ago, you know. Yeah, you know, 2008, my first ever TV appearance. So, you know, to answer your question, man, you know, I said it based on certain values and principles that I know was going to stand the test of time. The beautiful thing about the life insurance industry has been around for 2,000 years. A lot of people think the insurance industry is an old, boring industry. It's the old money industry. It's the old money business. So I listened to guys in the insurance industry that were 10, 20, 30 years older than me, and I'm taking their, I'm taking, I'm, I'm asking them questions. I'm asking them, oh, right, what's going on in the market? They were talking about what goes on, what went on in the 70s and the 80s, you know, before I was entering in the 90s, because 90s was, was the, not, the 90s was an area of economic prosperity too, because uh, uh, Clinton led us through, our, our country led us through, regardless if you agree with the politics or not, 
but he led us through an economic surplus the time that he was a president. Hmm. Today, we haven't had an economic surplus, meaning that whatever money we collect in for tax, from taxes, m- minus we take out for government spending, we've profited when Clinton was in office. So he spent less than yeah. what we actually brought in in taxes. Wow. Since then, it's always spending more than we bring in. Spending more than we bring in. That's why our national debt today is $33 trillion. Do you think that we will ever have another uh, Clinton era? Not obviously Clinton, but another president who might be able to bring debt forward? I, it has to be. It has to be. If, if our country is going to turn it around, we have to have a president here that has the guts. We have to have a Congress that can support him to say we have to cut government spending. The challenge what we have today is too much money spent on government spending, too much waste is in government spending. I remember in, being in the military, uh, I can go to Home Depot, buy a hammer for, for 10 bucks. Yeah. I order through the military contractors, the same vendor outside is charging the military 50 bucks to sell the same hammer in lesser quality. Because they knew it's government, they knew it's federal, they knew they can take advantage of the military. So there's a lot of government waste that goes on. I mean, right now we're going through uh, uh, healthcare issues, right? Um, Two weeks ago, I finally got my letter back from the the VA disability, my VA disability claim, because I'm a, I'm a, I've got, you know, you, you know my injuries, yeah. right? My teleattendance, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I finally got a doctor to look at it. Okay. And doctor, yep, you have the two torn patellatons. Yep, you have stenosis. Yeah, you got this, da, 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 da. Five issues, six issues. We submitted the claim last October. I finally got the letter this past September. 11 months? Yeah, 11, 12 months. To get a letter from the VA, and guess what I got? A denial of my veterans' benefits. 11 months of waiting, 11 months of poking pride and going through medical with, with the doctor just to be declined. Now, I've got to hire an attorney to file an appeal just to fight for my benefits. Yeah. Right? And of course, I want to take care, take advantage of my benefits here. It's not like I need the, the monthly income, but I am a property owner. I own investments, uh, uh, real estate investments here in Texas, and it's favorable for, uh, for a Texas veteran that has a disability, a disabled veteran status to have a, a, a little to no property tax. So why do you think people uh, get denied? I mean, if you served your country, your you serve multi, 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 it's, no. bureau- it's a bureaucracy. Okay. They look at you like another line item on a spreadsheet for the day and I got to go by five o'clock. That, that, that if it's not glaringly obvious that they're not going to, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm just speculating, yeah. but I, I couldn't tell. I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not the person at the VA claims department. They're just trying to connect documentation and verifying, validating if they don't get it right away. And I'm listening, I got to go home by five o'clock, just like any other job. This veteran screwed. So the attorney, what they do is they go back and scrutinize, file another form to scrutinize to make sure they look at my file a little bit more deeply. Yeah. Uh, the thing is though, is I filed it last year. So if I win, I get a whole year's of back pay. Whole years of going back and, and, and claiming that. And uh, people say, well, why do you do it? You're a millionaire. Well, it's also a benefit that I spent eight years of my entire life. Uh, 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 I earned it. It's not like I'm entitled to, but yeah. I earned it. You earned it. And so, you know, I want to take advantage, especially if it incentivizes me to buy more real estate. 100%. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to be able to do that. I'm going to be able to take this benefit. So therefore, I can create more jobs and create more opportunities for other people. And, and that's the thing, man. Like, and now, nowadays, we you see that the numbers are extremely low when it comes down to recruiting when in, in the military. Yeah. And but a lot of people aren't going to be attracted to the idea of serving their country when their country can't help them out when they've done their tours, they've done the service to them. Like you, you put you put mm-hmm. your body through hell mm-hmm. to make sure that we live in a country that get, pro- provides us that freedom that we that we we we're not entitled to, but mm-hmm. that we have that we're privileged to have mm-hmm. as citizens of this country. Yeah. And people do that for multiple tours and multiple years and retire, end up losing wives, children, relationships, end up with PTSD, phys- physically ill after X amount of time, and yet their country 
that put them in the front on the front lines yeah. to defend this country yeah. can provide the basic healthcare that they need to be able to heal from any issues that they had from helping the country that's out. That's why that's why I'm a big believer in capitalism, bro. That's why I believe I'm a big believer in capitalism. If I wasn't happy with my military paycheck, I don't have to stay in the military. If I'm not happy with my job, I don't have to stay at that job. Um, which cues up another video here. Um, Jordan, can we take a look at that video about this guy arguing with another guy in a blue hat about having a living wage? Well, I'm tired of watching people die from war and racism freedom, in the streets, so I would never defend capitalism yeah. at this point. Well, if I was in the 1700s, I might sing a very different tune. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say, oh, McDonald's workers, they don't deserve more than the minimum wage. They're just high schoolers getting extra cash. Yet people, maybe not you, but you demand burgers and fries, that should be paid a living wage, regardless of what anybody thinks. Your idea of a living wage and my idea of a living wage and their idea of a living wage is something completely different. If I'm doing a low-skilled job, then I shouldn't get maximum profit. You can literally have robots do all the menial jobs. Because not everybody can be a doctor. Why not? Because then you have overproduction of, of certain things that are needed. If we're at the bottom, if we're, if we're working a job at the bottom, we're getting the bare minimum. But you can't just move up on your own volition. Yes, you can. You can work as hard as you want. I work as hard as I want to right now. I'm a hard worker. Yeah. There are no positions for me to move up. Yeah. Hey, by the way, that's a great point. Hard work alone in it by itself will not make you wealthy. But hard work in the right industry on the right platforms with the right skill sets will make you a lot of money. Which, by the way, his, that guy's narrative, mm -hmm. such an attractive, recruiting, exciting uh, uh, type of narrative for you to follow. That I don't have to do my, I'm gonna work hard anyway, but so I just demand you pay me more. By the way, let's, let's say, go to, did you see what McDonald's uh, uh, um, reported a couple weeks ago? Uh, McDonald's reported a couple weeks ago, they have a bump in revenues because mm. they're charging 18 bucks in some markets for a burger. Uh, Higher class burger. The Big Macs. Yeah. The Big Macs. 18 bucks for a McDonald's burger. Yeah. So, so I bet you they're experimenting with it because they want to put it in different markets. Why? If they demand a higher wage, living wage, guess what they have to get more money from? The food, whatever they're serving. Correct. They got to yeah. get it from the consumer. From the consumer, correct. And if the consumer's already being stretched with their budget from the job that they have and the money they don't make to pay more money for McDonald's, there might be a point, really, that they won't be able to afford McDonald's. So if you want a living wage and you want to stay there and not improve your skill set, not get, increase more value to your company. Just exist. Because I deserve yeah. a living wage without improving. Yeah. Well, guess what? Fine, no problem. Let's just increase the cost of food so therefore we can pay a living wage. How, how do people feel about that? 100%. So it's a, proportionally, improportionally, it'll tilt again, not in their favor. But I like the other guy. The other guy says, listen, I can move up. You moved up. I moved up. We yeah. moved up because we decided to get better. We decided to create more value. The only reason why entrepreneurs make more money and scale their businesses is because they find more problems to solve. They get more people. For example, when I was me, myself, and I, as a life insurance agent, independent life insurance agent, at a 140% commission contract, because that's the type of bread we split in our industry, I'd make $200,000, $300,000, $350,000 of income. However, a good line share, 50, 60% of that went back into marketing mm -hmm. to dinner seminars, et cetera. But I found a different format here with PHP and C. I found a different format where even at a 75% contract, now I'm making multi, multi, multi millions because it's the way you create distribution. It's only, only dependent upon your own 24 hours a day, but you're able to scale and build a company with inside a company. And so I think that narrative there for a lot of people that don't want to improve and spread their vision and spread their eyes, sadly, they'll be left behind. But the people like the other guy who says, listen, I can move up and improve. I can, I can get better. 
I can leave a, a current trainer job and mm-hmm. create my own business. Uh, uh, that's the narrative you need to buy into. Now, I'm just going to stick around and hard, hard work alone by itself in the wrong initial wrong platform. You'll not make a lot of money. Because the thing, the thing is, if I want to work hard, if I want to play hard, if money was the outcome of having your kids play sports, who pays more money? Baseball or football? Baseball, right? Of course. Baseball, 100%. Pays a lot more money. So, yeah. do what, so if m- making money for a kid is the outcome, what do you want them doing? Tossing a football, tossing a baseball. 100%. Baseball all day long. And plus, they got guaranteed contracts. Uh, 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 Akbar was, was uh, mentioned to me that he's putting together a conversation between myself and a Hall of Fame baseball player, his father. And his son right now is at number three on the payroll of the former team he played for, but he's been retired for 15 years. But he's still on the payroll. But he's still on the payroll because that's the way the baseball contracts had paid out. So there's a different way uh, uh, certain sports uh, pay their players in baseball, obviously being the richer of the, of the, of the sports out there. But one, one, once you're, one, one of my takeaways that, I, that I've gotten from being around you and being around your company is the more questions you ask uh, your higher ups, your sidelines or your uplines, what, you, what they call mm-hmm. it in, in their business, you, you will get a lot more clarity. In this next video, uh, Jordan, uh, ask questions and gain clarity. Even though it's not a business-based video where the man's asking questions for business, the amount of questions that this man was asking for the amount of clarity that he was trying to attain is what I translate into uh, you being able to apply the same exact mindset and the same approach into business. So ask questions and gain clarity. How old is a person born in 1928? Man or woman? Yeah, one more time. How old is a man born in 1928? Still alive? If a man is born in 1928 and he's still alive, how old is he? What month? <laughs> if a man was born October 3rd, 1928, and he's still alive, how old is he? What time? 10 o'clock p.m. Where? Anywhere. <laughs> well, let's get specific, Bob. I mean, if the guy's still alive, born in California, October 3rd, 1928, 10 p.m., he's 67 years, nine months, 22 days, 14 hours, and, and 12 minutes. If he's born in New York, he's three hours older now, isn't he? Bam. So, so even though it's not business related yeah. whatsoever, but when you are in business and you have someone like Matt, if you're in the insurance industry, you have someone like, someone like Matt or people that are his sidelines in what, what he's doing in his business, being able to ask an immense amount of questions so you can get an immense amount of clarity will help you create that path and have a clearer path versus trying to do it on your own. And unfortunately, men, amongst a lot of business people, men, especially men, mm-hmm. egos get in the way. Mm-hmm. Egos get in the way, feelings get hurt, and because that's happening, that you don't ask the questions that you're supposed to ask. You're not vulnerable enough, enough to say, hey, I don't know this or I don't know that, or hey, you know what? These are 10 questions that I have for you specifically. How can I, make, how can I do X, Y, Z? And because if, and if he answers these 10 questions, I'm gonna have a lot more clarity and a straighter path to be able to get to where I'm trying to get from just that video within itself. Yeah, I mean, John Maxwell, a leadership expert, iconic leadership expert, wrote a book called Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. It's kind of like this interview, kind of like this conversation. You know, the reason why I've gotten to where my life is not necessarily because of edu- self-education, right? It's the self-learning, self-learning from people who have been out there. Because for me to sit down and read a book, sit, sit down and read topics, for hours on end, I accelerate that learning by asking questions for people that wrote the book, mm-hmm. for people that are, are leading industries. I learn faster with them, so the self-learning for me is a whole lot faster than the self-education. Self-education is cool. Academic education, another way. Yeah. Academic education, sit in a classroom, right? Then you got your self-education, 
uh, uh, where, where, for example, myself, I didn't go to college, but I self-educated myself from five to eight o'clock in the morning, starting my business, working at the YMCA as a lifeguard. That was self-education. Until I invested into self-learning, where I'm learning from other people. I got coaches, I got mentors, I got people that I can now follow examples, and I can ask them questions. Like Travolta in this movie, he's asking questions as well. There's more of an interaction there, and that's why a lot of those questions don't get asked when you're on a Zoom environment trying to run a company. 100%. Those questions are asked when you're amongst people in between meetings at, you know, at the break room, you know, getting coffee, uh, going to lunch, a uh, side conversation from the boardroom back to your back to your cube. Those side conversations, those soft skills are created to improve a company, build a company, something that the Zoom can't replicate, something that a robot can't replicate. You know, as much as people ask me all the time in, in, in the insurance industry, will AI replace life insurance agents? The question is no, because everybody will never feel the empathy of mm-hmm. a robot asking them questions to protect their family, to make sure their daughter or their wife still has their dreams come true. That comes with empathy. That involves EI, emotional intelligence, not AI, artificial intelligence. And uh, uh, speaking of money, um, I'm going to talk about this NFL athlete, Arik Armstead, who revealed his game check last week, uh, how much money he makes. So uh, let's, let's, let's take a look at my screen real quick, uh, if we could, please, uh, before we show the video. So Arik Armstead, first-round draft pick, 17th overall out of Oregon. Okay? He's... Uh, he's uh, been in the NFL now for eight years. He's, he's on a, he got drafted and he signed an extension. So his, his salary when he was a 17 pick, his first year he made $5.8 million. A lion's share in the first year. Not so much in the second year. Third year, fourth year, signs an extension. Uh, uh, they picked up his fifth year contract. Boom, $9 million. So the, think about this. First round draft pick, 17 overall. You know, pretty decent. Not very many people can be a first round draft pick, let alone be in the top, 20, uh, top 25. He made, because of his signing bonus, $5.4 million. But think about this. Without the signing bonus, look what his salary is. $435,000 income. Million. That is not, that's nothing. And sent to $34,000. Second year, eight eight eighty two one point three one point seven. Signs an extension, $9 million salary because he signs, uh, they picked up the fifth year option to extend his contract, okay? So you, you look, it's pretty impressive. You see what this guy's, see what this guy's making. But what's the most important thing is what gets deposited into his bank account. So Jordan, if we can uh, take a look at the video and cue it from the uh, second uh, timer uh, that I mentioned in, in, the, in the queue so we can get right to it because he, he has a little bit of a lengthy intro to his game check. I think it's uh, 30 seconds, right? Right to the 30 second mark. Arik Amstead showing his game check. Um, how it works in the NFL. So whenever I get my game check, the Perfect. first number I look at is this number right here. And it says amount. And I know that means that's what hit my account. When you want to make yourself a little sad, then you go back up to the top and look at what you're supposed to get at this number right here. The earnings section breaks down what you made essentially. So I have a P5BW, which the code for that means paragraph five, which means like your base salary of what you're supposed to make. Now, last year, the team converted my salary into a signing bonus for cap relief. So majority of the money I made was in the form of signing bonus, as you can see right here with this pay code. That's what I got in the form of signing bonus, and this is what I got in the form of salary, which totals to here. Okay, so uh, if we can take a look at my screen, I found this, this actual game check online. Okay, so I actually found the game check. So his gross pay is 393. But what was his take home pay? 
It was like it was like one point one point uh, hundred ninety two thousand dollars. Okay, one ninety four, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, right there to the yeah. right. Yeah, one ninety four uh, to the right. That, that's his. That's that's his. That oop oop. That's his take home pay. So three nine. So two thousand dollars is taken away in deduction. Now let's take a, let's, let's break this down on the right taxes. This is part of my book. Gotcha. FICA. You might have a different four-letter word when you see this, but uh, for the purpose of payroll, it's FICA. Uh, Medicare takes money out. Social Security takes out federal income tax. So being in the highest income tax, right, because professional athletes aren't entrepreneurs. They're employees. So as an employee, the first thing that gets taken out of your paycheck is taxes, Where you're, regardless if you're an NFL agent or you're working at Jiffy Loop like I was or in the military like I was or working at you, you know, the, the gym like you were. So $1.5 million so far, year to date, is taken out of his check. Of this particular paycheck, though, $144,000 was taken out right there, okay? $145,000. So of $393,000, $144,000 was taken out. Another $8,000 was taken out for, for Medicare. And guess what? California. Of course. California's got to take their tax. $40,000 in income tax. California income tax. Oh, by the way, just check this out, too, as well. Um, you see the C-A-S-D-I, Phil P-A? This is called jock tax. So if he played in Philadelphia, he earned money in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, and he also charged a tax too as well. It's 190 bucks. CAS, the California local tax in San Francisco, yay area. There's not a tax there, 1,370 in tax. Little minim, de minimis taxes, yeah. not necessarily out of this game check, but in other states that he played in, that, that for this check that, that, that uh, he earned, that gets, that gets taken out. This year to date, apparently in the left column, they're not this particular paycheck. Payroll benefits, $62,000 of, of, of money taken out. So his net wages so far, $198,000 in net wages take home. Net wages year to date, $2 million in net wages. You know what's cool about seeing this stuff, bro? Said, I'm not a professional athlete, but I'm making just as much money as a 17th round draft pick because yeah. I'm an entrepreneur. I look at this like, cool, right? I may not yeah. get the platform, not get the buzz, the coolness of being an NFL player, but I'm bringing home just as much money as a NFL play. Now, granted, you got more games to go. You know, this is just uh, uh, so far you did. This is uh, uh, what he's earned so far. But at the side of this, on the left under his finger there, there's $22,000 taken out. I'm most likely it's probably uh, 401k, retirement benefits, et cetera, that he's taken out. So basically, 393 he earns, but 194 is take home. What's your first reaction to this? You know, when you're growing up and you're, you're a teenager in your early 20s, you you see this completely different. You don't see that. You just see how much the contracts are made mm -hmm. uh, made out of, and you just assume that you have a lump sum of money just there for them already. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is, man, you see these these new guys coming into the league, and this guy was making a, a little bit under four hundred thousand, a little bit under five hundred thousand um, dollars from his I think his first his first pay, his first season. Um, but yet, a lot of these new cats come into any league, and the first thing they do is go all out with their expenses, buying new foreigns, buying watches, yeah, buying the shoes, popping yeah. the bottles, having the women, having the experiences, going on social media and flaunting what they have. And then if they're not careful with their money, you see them going into bankruptcy. You see them, uh, their cars mm -hmm. being repoted. You see everything that they once had. You see a lot of these, these mm -hmm. athletes nowadays who are retired, they don't have that money anymore which is why having a person like Matt in your corner can definitely help you get from point A to point B and be a lot smarter with, with the way your money is flowing. But in order to be able to have that as well, I and mean, having someone in your corner, you need to, there needs to be some form of trust. And yeah. that's one thing that I wanted to bring forth is there's a video um, 
that Mr. Wonderful speaks on when it comes down to trust and uh, aligning with that video, uh, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs and business, people who are considering business asked us, you know, what is it that we need to look for whenever we are side, you know, we have a sideline, we have a downline and an upline. How do we know who to trust in business and how to trust in business? How can we how can we decipher between genuine people and people who have a target on your back? So, um, Jordan, we can pull up the importance of trust in business. Don't try and fuck me. I have a spider sense about that. And if I find out you did it intentionally, I'll rock your world in a way you have no fucking idea. Don't screw me. That's, it's not a threat, it's a fact. Dude, you just scared, Dude, that the, scared shit the shit out of, out of me. Frightened. Like, in business, I want to respect you. I don't, not, I don't need to like you. Like, I just have to respect you and I have to trust you. It's trust, that's what I'm talking about. So, in, 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 that, in that headspace, being in the industry that you're in, the status that, you're, that, that you currently have right now and how far you've come, you know, you asked me in the beginning of the show, what were your takeaways when you went to my party? Mm-hmm. What were your takeaways? And what were, you know, when it came down to the people that were there in business and out of business, because you gave a speech at the end, thanking everybody that showed up that's in part of the business and thanking everybody that was not part of the business, but still showed up for you. And this is where I get a little bit more real and a little bit less uh, humorous about the, the, the topic. And um, I guess you can say the, the less pretty picture. Uh, one of my takeaways that I didn't speak on at the beginning of the show was, as I looked around, automatically you saw that there are numerous of people that have a target on your back. And forgive me if I'm sharing this on, on, on the podcast, but two, two days ago at the gym, I told you, hey man, I had a weird dream about you. Are you, are you cool if I share it? Yeah, okay, ahead. cool. And I had a weird dream about man, I told him on, on, on Monday when he came in to do some traction at, at mm-hmm. the facility that we were mm-hmm. training out of. And a couple, couple nights before that, I had a dream about Matthew, it was actually the day after, the night of his party, that evening when I went to bed and woke up the next day, that's when I had that dream. And in that dream, there were, I was at the party again, but when I was there and I was looking at everybody at the party, you saw their silhouettes, but for some reason my eyes were able to look past their silhouettes and into their intentions. So such mm-hmm. a weird freaking dream. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was their bodies, but you can see through them and in them. Mm-hmm. And as I looked around, there were certain people that had like this glowing light when they were around you. So to me, I would interpret it as genuine. Mm-hmm. Genuinely care for, genuinely love this man. Mm-hmm. And then there were other people who ha- I saw like this red flame inside of them. Again, super weird dream. I didn't. I had two drinks, so mm-hmm. I wasn't. It wasn't, a, it, wasn't, it wasn't a drunk dream, but I had. I, it was like this fiery red like aura inside of them, and all you could see is their eyeballs. And I, I saw faces and I saw names. You could just see their eyeballs glaring at you, and the only thoughts that were going through their headspace. And again, I could see in their head so freaking weird mm-hmm. is that there's a handful of people that I am trying to take out in business, make more, take them out and prove that I don't need them. And for a couple of those people, you were the first person on their list. Mm -hmm. And X amount of people from that party, again, just a dream, had a massive target on your back, but yet they're edifying you, yet at trainings or on videos or in, in your face, they're hyping you up, they're mm-hmm. thanking you, yeah, yeah. they're glorifying you, they're honoring you, mm-hmm. but behind closed doors, they're plotting. Yeah, so sure. in business, mm-hmm. how do you decipher between someone who is genuinely there and has your back and a confidant that's willing to run with you as hard as, knowing that you're a human being, versus someone who is genuinely a snake and is just waiting for the perfect time to attack? Yeah, well my rule number one is talk is cheap. 
Everybody talks a good game. Everybody says he's going to do things. Uh, there's very few I've learned over the years that there's only very few people I will genuinely take praise from. People hype me up all day long. It just, for me, it just goes over my back. I met you this, you have flattery. Okay, I get it. There's only maybe three, four people I'll actually take praise from and uh, uh, that I'll allow them to hype me up. Everybody else, it's, there's, they're doing the part. And you can tell too as well. It's, it's, they may do it for, for the time being, but actions speak for me a million words. Not a thousand words. Actions for me speak a million words. The other aspect to this is too as well is I got to see also what type of track record. There, there's, there's a probability that based on your track record that you're going to have some form of success or the value relationship or don't value the relationship. You're not the first person to tell me that too as well. And these are, these are people that I res- respect in business. Um, they, may not res- they, may, they may not love me in business, but they respect what I do for them in business. And again, there's going to be people around you that sadly there's going to be taken. People are going to be in your life for a certain season. I, I, my, 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 I told you my... I thought that night was I'm constantly praying that God continues to remove people that I don't have the courage to remove myself because, or do I have the knowledge or awareness to remove myself? You did pray that. Right. But at the same time too, I'm praying that God also brings people that I may not have the awareness or the courage to seek also myself because I, I, I just don't know. I, I know I'm, 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 lim- I'm, I have limitations, but I do trust God's going to send me the right people. And also remove the right people. I've been stabbed enough times to, to know what it feels like. And at every level, there's going to have that. There's going to be more, more challenges. There's going to be another enemy, another devil that's going to try to take me out. So uh, there's, that's what happens when you climb certain mountains. And that's why people don't want to climb the mountains because they want to live where it's safe. And uh, that's just not the way I'm wired. That's not the way I'm, I'm going to live the rest of my life. I'm going to live the rest of my life in constant recreation mode going forward. And yes, the higher you are, the bigger your back gets, the more, the more you're on the, uh, the, the flagpole, the, the easier a target you are. Uh, that's why people love seeing people fall. And, and people that I, I gave a message last night at our office that people can't wait for you to quit. People can't wait for you to slow down because it forces them not to have to improve themselves. Mm. They want to bring you back down to the level of comfort that they feel you're at, not the level that they feel that the better of you at. And by the way, in the meantime, the people who have a target on my back, I'm still going to do my best to help them. I'm still going to do my best to open doors. I'm still going to do my best to share with them what I know about how to live a better life. Because maybe down the road, God has a reckoning with them. Maybe down the road, they're going to have they're gonna reconcile. Matt, listen, this is the way I should feel about you. Man, I really had to turn around. God spoke to me in a different way. And because of that, of their own growth, the ability to, to get out of their own shell, now we can operate in a much different capacity. So what if, way I look at it. What if, what if their arguments is, we're, we're just doing what's best for our family. And in the midst of that, unintentionally, it involves striking you behind, behind your back, yeah, yeah, quitting that, on you. That's gonna happen. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, I could always recover from that. You know, people, people striking from the back, you know, whether it's emotional and whatever, you know, financial, I can always recover from that. But I'm not gonna live my life, even though people stab me in the back, yeah. watching my back. Yeah. I'm careful about the decisions I make. There's always gonna be a variable of people stabbing me in the back. There's people there. I mean, you think it right now, bro. How many people come in? I have 3,500 agents. You don't think people are stabbing me in the back right now? Yeah, of course. You know, people are going behind my back and, and making cross deals, bad deals. That Okay, so they, they, they do it. They get away with it. Okay, but if that's the way you're going to build your career, so that's the way you're going to build a life, so you have short-term, happen, you know, short-term happiness, but long-term pain. Yeah. For me, I'm the opposite. I got short-term pain, yeah. <laughs> long-term happiness. Of course. I'm, op- I'm opposite of that. And so... Um, 
I do want to. I, I do want to uh, bring this up before we, we close out. Is the a market and a demographic that's going to feel a lot of pain right now? Sadly, is our friends in the real estate community. Um, if we we can go to this article, if we can show my screen before we go to the to, to the video, the the cost of home buying and selling will change after landmark court loss over real estate commissions. So as much as I, my friends are in business, they're looking right now for either ways it, this will play out, or B, they got to find a way to to adapt and and change because the way real estate professionals are gonna get paid potentially may be changed forever. Why? A recent 1.8 billion, right here in the middle, 1.8 billion dollar jury verdict against the National Associated Realtors. So this, the National Associated Realtors based in Chicago is the number one trade organization for, for real estate professionals. And several top brokerage firms highlights mounting legal and market pressures on real estate commissions. A recent Keith, Brett, and Woods announced report that $100 billion paid, I think there's probably the politics behind it, that the $100 billion paid in real estate commissions annually could be cut by 30%. And where does that 30% go back into? Homeowners. Yeah. You've got a condo, you've got real estate property, that'll go back to our pockets with as many as 1.6 million agents losing their source of income. Guys, look at this, 1.6 million agents losing their source of income. There's a potential massive displacement of where real estate professionals are going to go. Commissions are already negotiable, but buyers agents are likely losers as home buyers are more likely to pass them. Let's take a look at the video, uh, Jordan, uh, and start at the minute mark I, I, I asked so that we can get right to what this guy says. So therefore, in this video, the CEO of a, a real estate brokerage firm is ask, being asked questions on, on the news about what this is gonna mean to real estate professionals in the marketplace. I've, I don't see the benefit. I think it will hurt uh, the housing market in a way in terms of the sellers and the prices could drop dramatically. Your stock is down on the expectation that broker fees, especially for the buyer fee, will be lower. Therefore, income to Douglas Elliman will be lower because of this. Is that, is that the case? Yeah, Investors think, have that right? I think income for every agent in the entire United States. This is just not here. This is the entire country. And uh, Is what? Income's going to what? Well, if this, it, it, if it does not, uh, when the, if the appeal is not one, uh, yeah, you're right. Whatever, the listing agent will have the power and, and, and also uh, being paid the commission. But can you, can I, you stop I right there? Can we start? So, and go to, cue it to 427 too, if you could, Jordan, cue it to 427. So, the real estate industry is facing those stabs in the back right now. Yeah. Why? Because $100 billion of commission has been paid to real estate professionals. Hey, by the way, I love my real estate agent. Jackie Dorbitz, I love Jackie. I love the people I do business with in, in the, the properties I've bought. I've done good business with people. I invest in real estate. Sadly, however, there's a lot of jealousy that's going on in the marketplace. $100 billion of commissions. And they think that money should go back to the homeowners. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. I'd, yeah. I'd love to get some of that money back into my pocket. Sure. Uh, but they were found guilty to conflating, and infl excuse me, inflating the cost of properties to increase the commission they make on selling and selling real estate. So if we queue to 427, let's wrap up the segment. But let me ask you it. this. If you look overseas, even developed markets like the UK, the, the average commission for a broker in the UK is about one to 2%. Versus right. five Here to it's six. five and a half to 6%. Yeah. Why is it well, so let's not forget the UK doesn't allow a second agent to come in with a buyer. It takes longer to sell because you're paying such, such little commission. Here we split those commissions. We don't take it all for one side. Got it. We've all always disclosed that. It's in every agreement. It's not like we deliberately did this. This is the way the business has been run the last 40 years. Key point, this is the way the business ran in the last 40 years. Well, guess what? It probably not be run for the next 40 years. 
just because the way it was may not be the way it's going to be. And everybody right now, based on what's going on in the marketplace today, is going to face some form of disruption. And you, large part of wealth building is anticipation. So if you're planning for your finances, you're planning for your, a better financial situation in the future, you got to make sure you're working hard in the right industry, trying to write the right people so the right things can happen. Any, any feedback to this? Uh, my heart goes out to my real estate friends because right now yeah. there's, there's still a lot of people who are getting into the industry. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it, there's 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 ways if you have the right circle, the right network, but a lot of my friends are jumping into this industry thinking this is the answer to all the problems and not doing your research, not looking into the right avenues on, you know, is this the right time to get into this industry? Should I, and I have two of my friends who are doing this right now, should I actually quit my job and get into the industry? I already got my license, but should I start now or should I keep my job and not until I actually make some profit off of this? Because at the end of the day, you, if, you have a, if you have a family at home, you have kids to take care of, I don't think that's the safest route to go. Um, and the recovery from that could be very detrimental. A career in the real estate industry is very up and down, yeah. very up and down. When it's great, it's awesome. But when it's bad, it's really bad. And you just gotta be able to capitalize yeah. back to savings. You gotta yep. be able to save your way through the process. But two things, here's, here's two things. Here's two, I, I believe two camps are gonna be created through this. Number one, you're gonna double down, you're gonna buckle down, and you're gonna run towards chaos, and you're gonna benefit from it. Yeah. If you can financially survive the winter in the real estate community. Or B, the other camp will be, if I'm in a real estate, business or I want to get involved in real estate business, how can I expand my services and expand my offerings so therefore I can offer certain things to complement my real estate career? And maybe real estate career is the third, fourth offering in the overall package. That's why personal branding and marketing yourself is the most important thing. Right. It's not what you sell, is that people are buying you first. They buy your brand, what you stand for, your standards, your values, your principles. That's what they're buying. Whatever comes along the way, it's it's an awesome thing if you're able to help them out. So, yeah. I think right now, because uh, last night I got a, a, a email this this morning that a massive uh, a real estate professional in in Miami, a hot market, is coming to fly to Dallas, come visit with us in the next couple of weeks, because they want to find out how to integrate That's insurance beautiful. into the real estate profession, because we can provide cash flow, different different uh, products and services in between closings, especially if they're getting further and further away. Before before we uh, uh, end end this end, end this uh, show, do you sure. want to see a quick video on what happened to me? Sure, let's do it. Let's let's take right. a look. It, at it's what, not me in the video, but this is, this is what happened to me, but a, a lot less strange. So is that it, why you got the sling on? Yeah, uh, I got into a fight, man. What? With my dick. I, I'm kidding. All right, so uh, <laughs> look up a uh, chest injury, rehab and injury. No. Look at his left side. No, I saw this video. Come out. Left side, left side. <laughs> Armpit. Oh, oh, man, that left side. No. That. His pack, yeah, you tore your pack? Right here, there, there's a gap. You don't, there's, Damn, no, there's no pack bro. there, bro. Oh, man. So in, in 24 hours, if there's bruising, I'm screwed. I need to go get surgery. Jeez. If there's no bruising, then it's just a massive strain or a tear, but not to the point that it's extra, extreme amount of bruising. But yeah, it's it's really hard to move my arm right now. But Holy we're recovering, moly. which is why it's the which is why be, being able to recover and rehabbing your injuries are very very important. Rest, icing, compression, and elevation is the way to go, folks. And the biggest reasons why you should be recovering after every single workout, and the reason why you should be taking care of your muscles because is be, <laughs> the main reason. Lower back injuries, yeah. low, low, uh, shoulder yeah. injuries, chest injuries. When you don't when you don't recover, when you don't warm up the right way, 
um, you're, you will be 32 years old thinking that you're 20 years old again, thinking yeah. that you can push up the same amount of weight with, with less recovery time when in reality, with, with less uh, warm up time when in reality, when your body's built up so much scar tissue over the years from excess, you know, you know, excess amount of weight that you're pushing and, you know, just minor injuries will build up. And then at a single point, your body says, fuck you, take yeah. care of me. Yeah. So rest, ice, compressions, elevation is going to help you with your muscle growth. It's an acronym, right? Rice? Yeah. It's a Filipino It's going to re reduce soreness. It's going to help restore your energies uh, because when, once you get an injury, man, on a mental health level, bro, it really screws with you. It really screws with you, man. So yeah, tell me about it, bro. Rehab is very, definitely very, very important. The way you need to, you know, know how to recover from your financial loss, you also need to know, learn how to recover from any physical injuries that you get. So I urge you guys to definitely know the, the procedures to recovery and to properly warm up at the gym so you're not making mistakes at age 31. Yeah. Just like I am, so. Yeah, by the way, there's so many correlations there. Same thing too from, from financial loss because it's be able to, for every workout I do, I'm finding the older I'm getting, Milton, with my body, yeah. for every workout, for every hour long plus workout you give me, I have to find ways to recover, jump in a cryo. Of course. Right, and, and massage, just to get ready for the next workout. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, am I, am I babying myself too much? Because before I, what, what's recovery? What the hell's recovery? But I'm not, ba I'm not babying myself fighting for the recovery. You're doing right? what's needed. I'm doing what's needed to get my body ready. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just, I just like, what am I doing? Why am I sitting in an ice tub? Why am I doing this? Why am I getting yeah. cryotherapy? Why am I sitting in a sauna? Why am I getting, why am I getting a massage before I, my whole, by the way, my whole eight years in the Marines, yeah. not one massage. Not one massage that I, I could, ever get any in, I, in, in my entire I uh, Korean Marines. <laughs> you can I tell. I can tell. So that being said, guys, uh, just uh, if you want to get the book, uh, uh, Gotcha, the new book coming out here, forthcoming, uh, it will be on Amazon next week. In the meantime, I believe you can buy a pre-order at gotchabook.com and get a free uh, uh, introduction chapter. And the gentleman that wrote my forward is a rabbi, America's rabbi, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. When I interviewed in my YouTube channel, some of the most watched videos I've had in my entire YouTube channel history, but that book is coming out here in the next uh, seven days. I'll be in Chicago on the 21st, do my first stop here in a book tour here of, of Gotcha. So that being said, Milton, great show today. Yeah. Let's heal up, man, as much as, I need you, bro. I'll be there tonight, bro. Okay, I need 6 you, man. 6 p.m. tonight, we'll be but, there. Uh, my, my lower back is jacked too as well, but uh, we'll work on other things, man. And uh, But nonetheless, appreciate being on the show. Every Wednesday, we're here live. 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Drop your thoughts below, comments. You agree with us, you don't agree with us, make sure you hit subscribe and like, and we'll see you live next Wednesday. With that being said, on behalf of Milton Alvarez, I'm your money smart guy. Thanks for watching the Seven Figure Squad podcast. Till we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be money smart today. See you next week, bye-bye.